And I told her what I wanted to do. And she was a dream stealer. Yeah, you don't want to do that. That won't work. So I listened to her. I was kind of vulnerable. Two years later, after I went the direction that she suggested in investing over $50,000 into a franchise, I still wasn't happy. I was kind of the, the round peg in a square hole. It just wasn't me. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. If you're not already a member of our community, please go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now to join and receive the following five free benefits. First, you get the risk reduction checklist. Second, you get my weekly investment research email to help you increase your investment return. Third, you get a 25% discount on all ASTOTS Academy courses. And fourth, you get instant access to our Facebook community to get to know guests and fellow listeners. And finally, you get my curated list of the top 10 episodes. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from ASTOTS Academy. And I'm here with featured guests, Janet Metzger. Janet, are you ready to rock? I am ready. Let's I'm a little scared, but I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, fear is a good motivator at times, right? That's right. It gets us focused. So let me introduce you to the audience. Janet Metzger is an experienced network marketing coach and consultant with a demonstrated history of achieving results. She has been a leader in various organizations and has led sales teams that produced $60 million in annual revenue and large teams of over 100, or sorry, 10,000. Maybe we're going to get to 100 later. That's right. But for right now, 10,000 members. Her experience varies from startup businesses to Fortune 100 companies. And her first love, ladies and gentlemen, remains network marketing. And she's proud to be a part of this great industry. Janet, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. Wow, that's a lot. It kind of shows how old I am, doesn't it? <laughs> um, I, I guess I guess what I would say is, you know, you can take the girl out of network marketing, but you can't take network marketing out of the girl. I just absolutely love it. It is so much fun. It's the best industry that's out there. And you're in Thailand. I'm here in Wisconsin. And, you know, it's a global a global opportunity. I just love it. And it's interesting because, you know, we've got listeners out there. You know, I think of my mother as an example who's listening, my biggest fan. Hi, mom. But I got lots of listeners out there that go, wait a minute, what is network marketing? Tell us a little bit about what it is and what it means to you. What it means to me is, well, there's a lot of things that it means to me, but I think the easiest way to say it is we do it every single day and we don't get paid for it. So if you go to a movie and you enjoy that movie, you're going to tell five or six or 10 people how much you love that movie. And is that movie theater going to pay you? No. Same way with a restaurant. You recommend a restaurant and people will go to the restaurant and the restaurant's not going to pay you. With network marketing, you can recommend products. You're recommending an earning opportunity and you will earn residual income. So you're going to earn money while you sleep. But it's not as easy as it sounds until you learn all the skills, because there's a lot of skills that are involved, but they're easy skills that anybody can learn. And that's what I do, is I help people to develop the skills. 
It's interesting because if you think about a person like me, I did I don't know that much about network marketing, but with my increasing age, I have a lot of experience with a lot of different products, with a lot of different knowledge. So when I say something is good, you know, my followers and friends say, hmm, I maybe I ought to pay attention to that. And so for someone that's getting older in their career, thinking about retirement, is it possible that network marketing is a real suitable thing where they can bring their authority? Absolutely. I think it's perfect for everybody, but I don't think everybody's perfect for it. I will say that. But the best part about it is, is someone is winding down in their corporate career. This is a supplement. It can be a supplemental income, but you do come across as a, as an authority. You know, we had talked earlier that in our generation, people would tend to stay at a job longer. You know, I had, I had one job that I was there 17 years, another, I was there 18 years. And that back in the day was very commonplace. So you come across as an authority because you've been there a long time. And I, I always say there is no substitute for experience. Mm. Yeah. Well, my father worked all of his life for one company, you know, yeah. so that's a different he generation. He got a gold watch. Well, he's the end of that generation where the company, not only that, but he got his gold watch, but he also got help in saving for retirement, his pension fund, all that stuff, whereas companies really don't do that to the extent anymore. So the result of that is my mother, when my father passed away, my mother was able to live, you know, a good life and is able to live a good life on that retirement income. But I would say individuals out there are much more challenged. And that's probably why network marketing is even more critical for someone to consider as they're winding down their career. Absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, I'm learning as we speak. So now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking Ooh. it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and tell us okay. your story. Okay. Well, as I had started to share with you, I had one company that I had worked for that was a Fortune 100 company. You maybe have heard of it, Sears Roebuck. Okay. Mm -hmm. I worked for them for 17 years. It was a great place. In fact, I met my husband there. So I have fond, fond memories, but we all know what's happened to Sears. Then I went to another humongous company and it was in network marketing and direct sales. I had no idea. I didn't have any knowledge. And I worked there for 18 years. There's another company you probably heard of. Everybody's heard of Avon, right? So I worked there. Oh, it was a great career. I loved it. But times change. Both companies were a bit on the antiquated side, I guess you could say. So my positions were both eliminated. So here I am. I don't know what I'm going to be when I grow up. So I tried a couple of different things. I ran multi, multi-million dollar businesses, but nothing ever felt good. And I was the person that all of a sudden I worked here two years, here two years, and then the last place was two years. And then they said, got called into the CEO's office. You just did a phenomenal job. In fact, you did such a phenomenal job. We don't need you anymore. So <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I, here I am. I'm, what was I back then? Like 58 or 59 years old. I'm going, I don't know what I'm going to do. I knew I wasn't ready to retire. You know, fortunately, I had some money in the bank and I did start with the 401k in that, but I was bored. I was crazy bored. So that's where all of this started. But my first love was always network marketing. 
it was always my first love. And I was certified in, in coaching and that type of thing. And my goal was to always help people achieve their goals and dreams. It's so much fun to see what's like, I don't have kids, but if you, our listeners probably have kids and you know how, when your kid gets an award, you're so excited. That's what it's like in network marketing. I loved it when the people I worked alongside got recognized. So I don't know what to do. So I finally said, you know what? I think I better hire a coach. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So I hired this coach. First mistake, first mistake. And it wasn't a lot of money, but to me, it was a lot of money at the time. And I told her what I wanted to do. And she was a dream stealer. Yeah, you don't want to do that. That won't work. So I listened to her. I was kind of vulnerable. Two years later, after I went the direction that she suggested in investing over $50,000 into a franchise, I still wasn't happy. I was kind of the, the round peg in a square hole. It just wasn't me. So I wasted two years. I lost all of the confidence I had developed over those years and had a ton of knowledge because I worked for great companies at great mentors. And I went from being at the top of how I felt about myself and my, my self-esteem to at the very, very bottom. It was awful. It was the worst two years of my life. Just a waste. So here I am. Now I'm 60 years old. I don't know what, I, what the heck I want to do when I grow up. I had no idea. I just know that I had to do something because it was, it was the worst time in my life. The only good thing is I had money to live on. I wasn't, wasn't like we were homeless or anything like that. But Can you remember kind of the worst day when it all came together? Like, you know, something's got to change here. Something's got to change. Yeah. I went to a company event for franchisees and I'm not this person. I just felt awful. I felt awful about myself. And I did all the things you're not supposed to do, like compare yourself to other people. And I went back into my hotel room and I said, enough of this. I said, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to buy a plane ticket home. I was going to fly. I was in Canada and I was actually going to fly home. I was going to leave the conference early and all that. And I went, well, that's really dumb. So what I did is I just basically put a bubble around myself and I said, this ain't me. I got to figure something out. But mm-hmm. that was, that was pretty bad. I, I was in Toronto, you know, and I'm all by myself and I'm like, oh my God, it was just, I was just miserable, just miserable. Mm. So let's talk about the lessons that you learned. How would you summarize that? Well, I think the first lesson is probably the biggest lesson is you've got to trust your gut. You know what you're good at. I knew what I was good at. I knew what I was passionate about. Because, you know, when you own your own business, you got to love what you do because, and you got to love your boss. And I wasn't loving my boss at that point in time, which was me. So I learned that you've got to follow your goals and your dreams. And you can really do anything that you decide to do, but you got to have the right mentor. You got to have the right coach. You got to have a person that believes in you. You know, they're, they're going to, they're not going to cut you off at the knees and they're going to guide you. So Mm. Mm. That was my biggest thing right there is just, I saw, I, like I said, you know, I spent over 50 grand, closer to 75. I got to be quiet because my husband's upstairs yeah. and could hear he me. May, he may be thumping around when he hears that. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, that's all right. Yeah, it's so a waste. if I look at what you said, you know, trust your gut and get the right advice, get the right coach, get the right support of people around right. you. 
So maybe I'll summarize what I took away from your story. You know, there's three different things I wrote down as you were speaking. My first one actually is a question that I just don't, I don't, it's a tough question. And that is how to find the right advice. You know, like how do you find that person? Because I mean, ultimately, you know, you can hire someone and go, I'm not doing anything you say. Well, then you're just resistant to change. Right. But if you hire someone, you say, I'm doing everything you say, okay, is that always going to work? So that's the first thing I wrote down. And that just, you know, for my own thinking, the second one is, you know, the word that really stuck out to me was confidence. And I know that, you know, I've been known as a confident guy and all of that, but boy, when you do business on your own, there's nothing that can bring your confidence down. You know, I think stronger than that, you know, that when you don't hit your goals, when you're not really hitting the market, when your product's not really, you know, just that can really wear you down. And the second derivative of that is that in order to be successful, the people that work with you or around you need to have confidence in you. So the typical leader is kind of stuck in a position that's tough. You're potentially losing confidence, but you've got to shore up your confidence. Otherwise, People see that you're losing confidence. They're going to bail. Absolutely. They're not so going to hire you if you're not confident. Exactly. So that's the second thing I wrote down. And then the third thing is intuition. You said trust your gut. I like to help people think about the difference between emotion and intuition. And intuition is that kind of moment where it's a moment of clarity, you know. Right. And what you're reminding me is to pay attention to that. So those are the three things I wrote down, how to find the right advice confidence and intuition, anything that you would add to that discussion? No, I, I think you're spot on in finding the right person is, is not easy. It takes time, but you know, again, I have a lot of great mentors. I asked people that I trusted to begin with, you know, who would you recommend? If you go online, my gosh, there's a bazillion different coaches. And what I would say is you just have to test them out. Everybody's got this free masterclass and this and that. So mm. I got on a bunch of those and tried a couple of them and saw who I liked. And then I went to one of my great mentors and I said, okay, I'm looking at this person. What do you think? And she actually helped me to interview the coach because I have a different coaches. I don't have just mm. one coach. Right. You know, coaches should have coaches. So I asked for help and your intuition is really one of your higher faculties. Everybody has it and you'll know if something doesn't feel right, you know it. And that, that to me is what you've got to do. But I just asked and I just took my time and I hired different ones. I hired uh, social media and I hired, I, I had a marketing coach and that was the other mistake is that I didn't take enough I was trying to be cheap and mm -hmm. I didn't, I thought I could just do this marketing and stuff by myself. Well, since I've hired this person about three months ago, my business has tripled. It's just crazy. But I got the right person who knew what they were doing that always had my back and wanted me to succeed as much as I did. Wow. So ladies and gentlemen, that's quite a testament. In fact, I suspect that if you reached out come to the show notes and reach out to Janet. You probably can get some support in how to find that type of person and Absolutely. all that. I just want to highlight one thing you just said that I think worth repeating. You said intuition is, is our higher faculty or one of our higher faculties. It like is. the idea is 
actually, then I thought to myself, well, what's our lower faculty? And I thought in some ways emotions are, because sometimes they swing us, you know, where we don't really need to be, but intuition, my intuition never comes up and goes, you're a loser. <laughs> you know, my emotion right. does, or my mind does at times, right. but the intuition Absolutely. just goes, okay, boop, here's a, here's a, right. a moment of clarity. And so I really appreciate that, that intuition is a higher faculty. So that's a great takeaway. So Absolutely. based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn, what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? To avoid suffering the same thing. Well, can I say two things? Sure. Okay. The first thing is have a goal. Have a goal that you want so bad that you can taste it. You don't know how to do it, but have that goal in front of you because you're going to have some bad days mm. owning your own business and keep that goal in front of you. And the second thing is when you're selecting a coach, a program, or whatever the heck it is, whatever you're doing, this is the one time, slow down to speed up. Mm -hmm. Great. So, ladies and gentlemen, get that goal and have a burning desire. And the second one is slow down to speed up. Love it. All right, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? My number one goal for the next 12 months, it actually, it's shorter than that, mm. is to serve 1,000 people with my online subscription program that focuses on the 13 skills that network marketers have. It's a month-to-month -month subscription. Mm. And my goal is I'm going to have 1,000 people that I'm going to help achieve their goals and dreams. Fantastic. Well, make sure to share a link with us and we'll put it in the show notes. And if Absolutely. people listen to this and they want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to do it, I'm on Facebook. Mm -hmm. of course, but my website is coachjanetm.com. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes. Great. All right. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. My number one goal for the next 12 months is to help you, my listener, reduce risk and increase return in your life. To achieve this, I've created our community where you gain the five free benefits I mentioned earlier. Just go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now to join us. As we conclude, Janet, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of Ace Dots Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Well, I'm, I'm pretty happy I survived because you scared me, Andrew, but... You know, as long as you learn a lesson from it, you're okay. Beautiful. As long as you learn a lesson from it, you're okay, ladies and gentlemen. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.